quick public service announcement before we get into today's episode. We're going to take a short break on the Rhythm Changes podcast for the first time in several months. There will not be a new episode next week on Wednesday, March 16th. We're taking a break that week. We're going to return with your regularly scheduled weekly episodes on Wednesday, March 23rd. So once again, we're taking a break on Wednesday, March 16th next week. I'll see you in two weeks right after this episode. Thank you to 12th Street Sound for sponsoring today's episode. If you're an artist and you want your next recordings to stand up to the best of the best, you need to learn more about 12th Street Sound, a recording studio in my home city, New Westminster, BC. 12th Street provides the value and bang for your buck that you can only get from a boutique studio. That's why I keep choosing Anthony Senarini at 12th Street Sound as my recording and mix engineer for my own music, released as William Chernoff. Anthony and the team are collectors and restoration specialists obsessed with music and recording equipment. When I go into the studio, I get more than just great service. I get the space to craft my story as an artist. You deserve the same as you work on your new music for 2022. Whether you need pre-production, tracking, mixing, or full production services, check out 12th Street Sound today and tell Anthony about your next project. Learn more at 12thstreet.ca. That's 12thst.ca. To me, music is about being with people. It's about creating something with people. That's where I'm surprised of what songs turn into. That's when people bring their magic to something. What better thing than to celebrate with your close friends that you did something together, you all took a risk together, but you do it with your friends and you just hope for the best and have fun. Hello and welcome, everybody. My name is Will Chernoff, and you're listening to the Rhythm Changes podcast, a home for creative, improvising, local music people. With Rhythm Changes, we're striving to make the best possible interview show about a music scene. So if you're joining us for the first time, whether from Vancouver, BC, elsewhere in Canada, or across the world, get involved today with a visit to our website, rhythmchanges.ca. Our guest today is a co-founder of the band Blue Jay, and he is the host of The Jay Pod, a fellow Vancouver music interview podcast, which he launched in August 2020. He has also made an album under the name Mesa Luna, and he's produced, played with, and mixed for many other bands and artists in the Vancouver indie rock community. With Blue Jay, he released the band's first full-length album, A Sign of Good Luck, with Network Records on March 4th, 2022. You can follow him on Instagram by searching for Blue Jay there and find the new album out everywhere. So please welcome to the Rhythm Changes podcast, Justice McClellan. Howdy. Hey, Will. Hey, yeah. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. There's been a few glimpses of sunshine. So uh, just right before this, I went, grabbed a little coffee and was like a little lizard in the sun, on the sidewalk, soaking it up, <laughs> trying, to, trying to get some of that lovely vitamin D. Yeah, I was enjoying my coffee at home today, enjoying the weather warm enough, and it's great times. But I just want to say, first of all, I've learned so much from you from afar, just listening to your show, and I couldn't do what I'm doing without you. So right off the top, thanks for everything you do. I love it. Wow. Well, thank you. Um, I really, really appreciate that. I've had some fun doing some podcasts, and 
and stuff and it looks like you're going full on i mean you got a whole production here with uh <laughs> it's really well done so good on you man oh thank you i mean you know as well as anybody it takes a lot of work to do something like this as a solo operator <laughs> yeah yeah i definitely can <laughs> well before we get into all the music stuff, there's one thing that has just been bugging me because I've never had the chance to ask you. I've never come across the answer on my own time. So I got to start by asking you this. What is the theme music that you've used on most episodes of the J-Pod? What is that? <laughs> That's actually just uh, a beat that I made. I think it was, uh, I actually worked on this 25 episode exercise show once oh. uh, i do i do composition work uh, as well actually that's a bulk of what i'm doing these days that was somewhat of a piece that i took from there and then adjusted a little bit so yeah that just came from another project and i when i did my first podcast or close to the beginning it was just like what do i have on my computer <laughs> that i can use totally. uh, and i mean I, I make a ton of little beats and stuff uh, that never see the light of day so it was pretty easy to to find a little snippet that it sounds kind of podcasty, you know what I mean? It's just there's a certain kind of podcast music that plays, and I was like, "This is kind of neutral, and and it'll work." Neutral vibes. It's just like what you want on all those ambient playlists, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, I love some of those ambient playlists on YouTube. Have you? Uh, well, I guess it's sort of ambient. There's a uh, a YouTube channel called Lo-Fi Girl. Okay, yeah. Have you, have you ever listened to that? I can't recall. I don't do a lot of YouTube music streaming. I mean, ironically, I use YouTube music as my music app, but I haven't just browsed around that kind of thing. You know, it's not something I've checked out, but it sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. Maybe somebody's mentioned it to me before. Yeah, I, I mean, I recommend it to anyone who's like studying or say you're having a conversation with some friends and you just want something nice and chill in the back lo-fi girl nice. youtube channel is one of my favorites kicking it off with a great recommendation i love it so i have spent a lot of time in this kind of jazz community in vancouver and growing up around the capilano university community and when i've had bands from this community on the rhythm changes podcast here it's almost like clockwork i can say well all the members of this band met while they were together in the jazz program at Kaplano University. But as far as Blue Jay today, as you release your album, yourself, Lindsay Schoberg, Mark Robert Whiting, Adam Fink, maybe you could take some time here and just introduce each of these three band members and how you came to be friends with them and how you came to bring them together into this band. Sure. Um, this band kind of started with, with Mark eventually moving to vancouver so mark and i have known each other since high school yeah and we went to high school together in aurora ontario nice right and so we sat together in i believe it was grade 10 english class and we started a band then and i oh. said hey i'm starting a band can you play bass <laughs> we had toured together previously in a band called ruby coast which was um around the time when when bands like Tokyo Police Club and Born Ruffians were really popular, we loved them so much. They're a couple, a year or two older than us, so we really looked up to them and ended up doing something very similar. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mark eventually moved to the UK, and that's when that band Ruby Coast uh, eventually parted. 
and he made his way to Vancouver. And Mark and I have always had a really great relationship. Uh, we love each other. And uh, I just wanted to spend more time with him, really. And that's how Blue Jay started, is uh, I needed an excuse to get Mark in a room with me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, since since then, we've had a couple members uh, switch out. So initially, our friend Rochelle was playing keyboards, and she moved to Montreal. Uh, she actually played on the EP. And my friend Ethan, who has a band called Casual Luxury, uh, he played drums, and he had moved to Calgary at the time. So um, with each of those members uh, moving to different places, uh, I knew Lindsay Schoberg from JJ Bean, actually. Oh. We had worked a, a shift together. She worked there sh for a short period of time. Okay. And uh, she would come in to JJ Bean as well. We met through that sort of community. And then um, I, I would make Adam coffee when I worked at JJ Bean. So, so which JJ Bean was this? This was the one at Maine and 14th. Ah, okay. Yeah, so Adam worked nearby and he would get a large Americano and I would make <laughs> that for him often. And um, just knowing that we played music, we would exchange pleasantries. And yeah, when, when I asked him to play, he was into it. Lindsay was into it. And we've been having a really good time since. So it's been great. Yeah, and I've been trying to keep track of when all the material for this excellent album started to get locked in on record because you've had quite a build into this album over the last year or two and maybe the whole COVID period. And I know it's funny to think about, but like definitely no shade on that. I think it's well worth the wait. Uh, when you hear this collection of music, it totally makes sense and it feels right as a listener. But I think September 2020, if I'm not mistaken, is when the ball really got rolling on recording these album sessions but can you talk a bit more about the timeline and the longer kind of timeline that oh, led wow. into you releasing this you're right it, it has been a while things started to come together when covid was happening right because we all had the time we all have our own bands we have our own full-time jobs outside of music and yeah. there there was that opportunity that's when i just had a lot of time actually. And I started focusing on getting these songs together on recording episodes of the J pod. I just really wanted to use that opportunity to, to grow as a person, put myself into some situations that um, I hadn't before initially. I mean, even the idea of podcasting or like doing a full album it's like, I could just do a few things here and there. And just having all that time and space, it, it gave me an opportunity to to really dive in and focus. We we started in, in 2020 at some point when Mark had some time off work. Like he had a whole month where he wasn't working. And we just hammered the songs out. Like we would go to the space, maybe get two songs <laughs> each time we were there uh, with, with the band arrangement on it also on some of these on these songs uh my friend tim clapp also does some co-writing with me as well uh he's an excellent songwriter and i value him and his uh he's just an intelligent intelligent guy who i really value and so uh we've written some songs together and it just all lined up with the pandemic kind of felt a bit like a little guilty there being 
like, wow, we're making an album and doing all this stuff. This is kind of fun. But at the same time, you know, the world is turned on its head. So right. it just kind of worked out in that way. Yeah. And then you went to Afterlife Studios armed with all these demos that you'd been building up through that early pandemic period and finished the album there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We recorded everything live off the floor at Afterlife. So we would do a quick demo session in the jam space, quick and dirty, maybe like two mics on the drum kit, single mic on everything else. We purposely want it to be rushed when we're demoing. We don't want to capture the magic one there. I'd oh, yeah. purposely mess up some notes that not a good mess up. Yeah. Something something nasty. And then we'll get into the studio and we're going for gold when we're there. And and it's also really great. I encourage anyone who's um an artist and going to spend money in the studio, see what it sounds like first. Nice. If you can. It's helpful. I love that you have that philosophy. It totally matches what I've come up in. Because, of course, when you play jazz, that's what you do. You get everybody together in the room. You record live off the floor, unless you're making like a far-out fusion album or something like that. The sure. concept of overdubs is not part of the equation at all. So I loved when I heard that that's what you were doing on this album. And I also enjoyed when you were talking with one of the two Peach Pit members who's done a J-Pod episode with you about how they were in the studio and they were doing things not to a metronome because they liked how that felt. I remembered how they mentioned that. Yeah, that's savage. Those, Those boys are, they're out there, man. Yeah, totally. And they're also part of this kingfisher blues extended universe right with your friend tim clapp and you guys sharing these common people in the community and that's really fun to watch too right yeah yeah tim put out their their first record yeah that i guess sony ended up taking over yeah it's pretty special yeah speaking of taking over like that interesting what you're able to share at this point but what was your experience onboarding with a label because you've decided to release this album with Network and you're working with them? What's that been like? It's been a very positive experience. At this point, they've uh, taken us under their wing and it's not like we were blowing up with Spotify numbers or anything like that. So just happy to have the opportunity to, um, to get our music further out there. The team is really great. They're invested in the music. Every meeting that we have, I feel like they care about it. And I've had some experiences uh, in the past where I had signed away like my publishing for a certain period of time and just didn't necessarily have the greatest experience with that. And uh, this was with another large Canadian label. And uh, yeah, so my, my experience with network has, has just been amazing. Uh, I, I love it. And I'm so proud that uh, they're going to be releasing our first album ever. Yeah. And you've had this long run up with Blue Jay too, where you've had this slow build, where you've had the time to get on a bunch of different Spotify playlists to get a bunch of people following you on that platform and others. Because if I'm not mistaken, you launched Blue Jay to the community for the first time, sort of around the middle to end of 2017. Is that right? Yeah, that that show was um, something. Yeah, we played our first show at Lana Luz, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, and that was something that a a friend was putting on a gig and said, hey, do you want to do something just playing guitar solo show? And that was the opportunity to get Mark and Ethan and Rochelle involved at the time and just go play a quick and dirty set. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was the initial start of Blue Jay. And for me, I was playing in Messaluna at the time. And a lot of those live gigs were to computer, like a computer track. And I just wanted to play something that was really loose and really silly and off grid. And something that we often do in Blue Jay is sometimes see how slow we can play. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it makes me laugh. I don't know why, but it's just something about trying to find that slow pocket with everyone. It it makes me giggle. I don't know why. So it's hard. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it, maybe it's because it's hard and you're just all trying to figure it out. But we just shot a music video for this song off our record called I Feel Your Pull. And Adam was, uh, drum syncing to his uh, own track and it's so slow that like <laughs> it's like man this is so hard to like play it like this without like a metronome or a click in the background so yeah you're right it is hard yeah yeah it's going to be nice to finally have this uh, full record out there and part of the reason why there was such a long lead up with most of the tracks being out off of the album is we'd released two singles from the record uh when network approached us to sign us and put out the album oh yeah i guess that is a little unusual right yeah yeah i guess so but i mean at that point i'd kind of thought to myself you know i'm not i'm not really in this to be chasing labels or trying to make too many things happen so i'm i just started putting music out without doing any of that stuff yeah, and interestingly enough, it just struck a chord at that time. So I feel very blessed to, I mean, have this work out. Yeah, you released six singles from the album, two of them early on and having them out there pre-network. That's an interesting timeline. It's cool to hear how that came together. You mentioned I Feel Your Pull. That was a funny moment for me as I was listening down through the track list because you have the song how long will it take? And that one's kind of like a ballad. And I could really imagine that one in particular live. How long will it take? Like that mm. being a really powerful live moment. And then it was funny because then you go into I Feel Your Pull and it's like it's even more of a ballad. Like it's even slower, <laughs> but different in a, in a different sort of way. And it was almost like when I got there, I could imagine that song really being a mood song that fits into a whole bunch of different moods and playlists and online places like that. And then I thought it was so funny because today on the date of recording, you quoted lyrics from that song on your Instagram post with like a photo of you looking up at the globe in the convention center. And I was like, oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. a great example of how that song sets a mood, you know? I, yeah, I think on the record, that's my favorite song for sure. Nice. Yeah, there's but it, I think it's like the artist's favorite song. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be everyone else's because it's so slow. But yeah, I'm really happy with how that one turned out. Well, I'll tell you my favorite song. I don't know sure. to what extent it's going to be other people's because I'm coming from not being much of a rock guy myself. But I mean, we were talking about co-writing with Tim Clapp. And I know that my favorite song was one that you co-wrote with him, which is Dead Bird. And the reason why I like that one so much and why it's my favorite is because I think it's just the coolest arrangement of them all. And there's a couple things 
I enjoyed about it in particular, one was just this chord and then this arrangement just like it has such a wide range and it goes to all different places. I was thinking of what it reminded me of. And on one hand, for some reason, it reminded me of happiness as a warm gun, which is kind of a weird oh. comparison. I don't know if there's any real tie in I there, mean, but hey, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I've listened to happiness as a warm gun about a million times in my life because I love it. Ah, So yeah, I guess like just like a nonlinear structure for sure. But the tuning on that one is weird. Okay. I'm in some weird, I think, I think it's the Nick Drake tuning. That's so funny because my other note about that song was that it sounds like Nick Drake, but like electrified and blown up into like a full band arrangement. I was, so we're, we're really lighted up here. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you could like the melodies a bit in the Nick Drake realm, like he could yeah. be whispering that in his wispy, wispy way. But uh, yeah, that, that song came together in an interesting fashion i thought it was a little left field for the record but you know what the band liked it that's all i'm really looking for is when <laughs> when everyone in the room goes this is cool yeah i like it then we move on right we don't really go beyond that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, i'd say that our band practices are more about seeing what everyone else is up to how everyone's doing and if we get to making music uh then that's good yeah but yeah it's it's, it's uh my favorite I, I love playing with these guys yeah that reminds me of something else from the jpod back catalog because you've had two of your current blue jay bandmates on the podcast not mark but i mean your first episode was with adam because you said you kind of started the podcast on a whim while setting up for a Blue Jay demo session with him. And that's how you started yeah. to roll the tape on episode one. And then you had Lindsay on. And then I'm trying to remember from Lindsay's episode, there was something where you were talking about how Blue Jay really had this very kind of validating vibe where at least she and you and you all felt really comfortable bringing ideas to each other and that you would all enjoy them and you would find ways to make the best of them and that that was one of your strengths. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone's going to be different within their band dynamics or their vision of what a song should be. But to me, music is about being with people. It's about creating something with people. That's where I'm surprised of what songs turn into. That's when people bring their magic to something. And that's where I think you can find a lot of unique elements because if I'm listening to happiness as a warm gun and that's sort of the thing percolating in the back of my mind and I go to write a song and I'm doing the drums, the bass, the key, it's going to sound a lot like that song. Probably. <laughs> um, where, whereas I was playing some of those Nick Drake chords on that one song instantaneously, people just start playing stuff. Nobody's thinking about anything. And maybe, you know, Adam was listening to Oasis or something. So I, I think that's a much more uh, special way of making music. And for me, music is also about celebrating the release of it. What better thing than to celebrate with your close friends that you did something together, uh, you all took a risk together to try and do something that could either be enjoyed or criticized or but you do it with your friends and you just hope for the best and have fun oh 
I love it. That really speaks to me. That attitude resonates a lot. So it's great to hear you saying that, stealing the words right out of my mouth. I, I agree completely. That's awesome. Well, I'm I'm glad they do because I'll say that it hasn't I haven't always had that perspective. I'd say like in my earlier late teens and early twenties and stuff, I was pro I was like a lot more precious about it. And I, I think if I could have a moment of compassion with a past self of mine. I'd just say, hey, l- like, let's lean into the learning and the enjoyment of this. Let your friend write whatever they want, or whatever, because <laughs> it's 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 a lot more fun. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy to feel this way. There are a couple of moments within the middle of the album where your voice ends up being quite exposed in the arrangement, almost to an acapella degree. And I just wanted to ask you in general about those songs or about how you crafted those or how that ended up happening. Uh, the two that I took note of are in How Long Will It Take, that first kind of ballad song before I Feel mm-hmm. Your Pull. There's a moment in there where your voice is pretty uh, exposed. There's also at the ending of I Feel Your Pull happens again. And then in the pre-choruses of something happened which is like a pretty heavy song like it's got a a more rocking arrangement than some of the other ones but there are some moments where your voice gets really exposed too uh drama (laughs) it's just drama right it's um uh i guess as a tool musically it's generally a way to highlight a line right or to to create dynamics uh also to draw attention to the lyrics right so in all of those sections those are all words that I didn't want there to be any confusion on. And when you have, say, a ride symbol in one ear going and the S's and the sibilance of the symbols perhaps obscure words, I find that leaving those open spaces is just an opportunity for maybe I'm singing to you, but it, it's kind of like I'm talking to you too which i think is what i was trying to achieve i love it yeah i bring back the song i feel your pull again and i'm not you know trying to like hype myself up or anything but part of why that song is like my favorite (laughs) is that ending part and perhaps how vancouver and stuff it all feels to me (laughs) it's just yeah I'm, i'm really happy with how that how that turned out yeah. Oh, yeah. I enjoy it a lot too. And that's very smart. That is the ears of a mixer at work as an artist. <laughs> yeah. I do lots of mixing and producing. So yeah. it uh, makes me think about that stuff sometimes, especially when we're arranging. Because I used to just jam as much sound in as possible in the Ruby Co songs when we first started. It's like, we need horns. We need 50,000 didgeridoos. <laughs> But yeah, I think especially working with a four piece as well and wanting to be able to achieve the album live, you have to strip things away even more in order to create some more of that space and in order to build in more elements that are going to be pull offable in a live environment. Well, I look forward to hearing that someday very soon and seeing how well you do at that for myself. (laughs) Yeah, so actually Adam Fink, He is a part of the booking team at the Fox Cabaret and it's been tough for them. It's been very tough for for that team and and the people who work there. So 
to know that they're actually going to be able to get back at it and um geez just be with people and hear music again right yeah it's 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 a special thing and it's been a long time so that, that that'll be excellent absolutely i can't wait my podcast is a little bit shorter than yours in runtime i don't have the skill to do a three-hour interview with charlie kerr or to approach the length of your episodes <laughs> that i enjoy so much uh my show's a little bit shorter on the clock uh i look forward to picking up the conversation in person when it's appropriate but to close out today with you justice from one podcaster to another i gotta go back there because you've had this journey that i've enjoyed tuning into and i just love to hear over the last year and a half ish of running the j pod what are the big things that you've gotten out of that or learned and what's the future of your podcast yeah a good question i i suppose one of the special things i learned with it was that people are open to coming and communicating with you which is very very special like you can uh, ask somebody to come on your podcast and i would say as the podcaster do your research and make the person feel special like not in a manipulative way but in the way that you actually are interested in what that artist is doing right and that's who i've had on my podcast are folks that i'm genuinely interested in what they're doing so yeah i just i learned that people are open to come on to these shows at a local level with somebody who is an unknown podcaster as myself. Same. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And yeah, for the future of it, uh, we'll see. I've, I've got my hands full with quite a bit of uh, composition work and album releases and whatnot. So we'll see how that goes. And when the time's right, I'll get back at it if I'm into it. Right on. Well, I think of you as this person of possibility you make things happen with other people and you make a lot of stuff happen yourself and hey if there are new episodes in the queue over at the jpod right now whenever you the listener are listening to this go check out those too because justice and i are in the same city and i really respect what you do so thanks again so much for taking the time to chat with me today Oh, thanks for having me, Will, and uh, good on you for getting your podcast rubbed up and cooking in such a great way. <laughs> you're, you're doing a great job, man. So thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Rhythm Changes podcast. If you haven't followed the show yet, make sure you do and tell your friends who might enjoy listening too. link them to our website, rhythmchanges.ca, Facebook at Chernoff Music, or Instagram and Twitter at Rhythm Changes BC. The Rhythm Changes podcast is a Chernoff Music production. See show notes for full production credits. Copyright 2022 Chernoff Music. Music.